Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Okay, very happy to be welcoming Bryce Desner from the legendary band The National. How are you, Bryce? And where are you today? Um, I'm good, and I'm in the south of France where I live um, with my wife and son. So down in the southwest corner near the sort of Basque region near on the border of Spain. Amazing. And um, well, France feels fitting for what we're talking about today with you. Yeah. Recently completing the score for Serrano, starring Peter Dinklage. Uh, just for context, this project didn't come out of didn't come out of nowhere, did it? I mean, you and your brother Aaron, your bandmate Aaron, I should say, you've um, you've done a few film projects, haven't you? Yeah, we um, we've done a bit of film. I've actually done kind of more of it on my own. Typically, I worked on Alejandro Iñárritu's The Revenant with Richie Sakamoto, and I did the score for Fernando Morales's Two Popes a couple of years ago. Um, and a couple of other things like that. But, you know, more recently we've done, actually this year we did Come On, Come On, which is the new Mike Mills film as well with Walking Phoenix. And then and then this project is, you know, obviously kind of bigger than writing a film score because it also has songs. So it was a kind of big collaboration and really fun and ambitious. I'm going to hold my hands up. So I did not know you are involved in The Revenant. That's absolutely incredible. Um I knew, obviously, Roy Ricci did the stunning music for that as well. And yeah, could you just talk us through how, um, yeah, how did you become involved in Serrano then? Um, um, Serrano was originally being developed by Erica Schmidt, who wrote the screenplay for the movie. Um, Erica Schmidt is a theatre director and a great writer, and she's married to Peter Dinklage, so that, you know, the two of them live in New York and have two kids, and then... Um, mm. And they're big national fans, basically. So, you know, Erica had this idea to adapt Cyrano uh, with Peter in mind to play Cyrano, but with the, the kind of, you know, creative idea that the that songs could be, could play a role, not necessarily in a traditional musical way, but that, you know, the original text is in late 19th century play by Edmond de Roston as, you know, it, it's a, one of these classic timeless tales that gets adapted quite a lot. Um, it has been on the screen before, but I think what was unique about her idea is that, you know, the the songs could kind of replace in a way what would have been these long letters or sort of monologues by Cyrano, um, or even moments of dialogue in the narrative that, you know, songs could kind of occupy an interesting place, especially for a modern audience. And instead of the play being, you know, four hours long, it would be two hours. And I think, you know, so she started developing this project years ago and then contacted us about writing the songs. And, you know, at first, we were kind of incredulous, you know, or it wasn't really the first thing on the mind of a rock band to write a musical or, you know, um, but we did some workshops and we wrote a couple songs and then Joe Wright, who directed the film, came to one of those early workshops and was just blown away by the music and, and the idea of, you know, what, what Erica was doing with her script. And so it just started developing from there. We did a couple of works in progress kind of proof of concept um, theatrical versions that were very different, you know, different songs, didn't have the score. And then Joe got a green, you know, green light from MGM to, to make the movie. And we started really kind of dialing it in and working on what would end up being a film. Yeah. I mean, I've had the privilege of listening to some of the music and the cue dying really stopped me in my tracks. It's so such a wonderful cue. And um, I mean, how, yeah. How did you and Aaron go about approaching this one? And what were your thoughts on, you know, there's so many aspects to think about such as, musical pacing and the instrumentation and mood. And of course you're working with the cast as well on the songs. So I mean, there's a lot to think about, suffice to say, wasn't there for this project? Wasn't yeah. Um, I mean, Joe Wright is very deliberate about how he shoots movies and he, 
you know, obviously because the songs are in the script and um, a lot of the film is shot around uh, music, you know, so it's not like scoring a film, even with The Revenant, I got it basically finished, you know, where it was, the, the, the cut was essentially locked with a, a bit of flexibility, but, you know, I was working very, very specifically to scenes. In this case, you know, the music came first where Joe, we were in intense workshops and rehearsals with him all summer, you know, sort of really, you know, working closely on, you know, refining lyrics and form. And then eventually I went to Sicily um, in Noto where it was shot and I was there on set rehearsing the actors and then, you know, even developing the score before the film was shot. Um, you know, the architecture of Noto, it's this beautiful Baroque village in, the, in Sicily. Um, it's considered one of the kind of great Baroque masterpieces in a late 17th century um, town that just is gorgeous. And so that definitely, that sound influence, you know, there's this kind of, on the one side, folk music and kind of, you know, we're playing a lot of the guitars, some of the piano. Um, but then there's this, you know, orchestral sound world that I created. A lot of, basically a lot of the score and kind of orchestra stuff I did um, myself where my brother was working more on sort of some of the production of the songs and, um, but yeah, you know, it was a collaborative process with Joe, the director, um, who is actually very open and very excited about music and he likes to feature music, you know, and, um, so there's, you know, I would say the intensity, there's a kind of, um, constant moving, um, lines, you know, kind of arpeggios or driving strings was a kind of, you know, um, intense kind of driving, uh, more edgy strings in, in the lower strings, especially like in songs like Every Letter or, you know, um, a song like Guiding Morris, it's kind of intense cello sort of sound to it. And then there's, you know, woodwinds and, you know, the sound of classical piano, simple piano, but it's important that it was played by also Viking Olofsson, who's this incredible Icelandic pianist, who's a friend, um, played that, you know, and I think that this they're sitting between sounds that are kind of rougher and more folk-like and then sounds that have a bit more of the kind of Baroque ornamental sound to it. Um, and then there's, you know, electronics as well that are kind of built lower in uh, that give it some grit that Joe really likes. So that was, you know, those are some of the elements that went into the score. No, wonderful. And obviously um, worth mentioning, a lot of the lyrics are written by your national frontman, Matt Berninger. So were you working quite closely with him on that aspect of it as well? Yeah, Matt uh, Berninger and his wife, Corinne Besser, uh, who often collaborates on our albums as well, were involved from the beginning. And um, they weren't there in Sicily, but, you know, they we would go back and send them things and they were tweaking. You know, for instance, the song Every Letter is uh, a song written for the three principal actors. Um, Haley Bennett, who plays Roxanne, Peter Dinklage is Cyrano, and then Kelvin Harrison, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who is Christian. And, and it's really an important song musically and also kind of in the narrative it's this moment where the letters and you know they're kind of the, the power of the written word and then these three characters falling in love with one another without really ever being together you know and so that's this the song does that basically and um and that was one you know really kind of ambitious thing that we were kind of working up working on up to the last minute yeah i've spoken to a few composers as well about the um the trickiness of working with orchestra during a pandemic and that sort of thing. How, yeah, how's that experience been for you and Aaron? Um, did you get to work with a, a full orchestra and was it sort of done over Zoom with a sort of wonderful orchestra in Eastern Europe or something like that at all? Or how did that work for you? Yeah, I mean, I have a long history of working with orchestras because I have kind of a life outside of uh, 
you know, even the band's music or whatever, where I'm classically trained and have written a lot of music for, you know, concertos and orchestral works. And so that it's something I love doing and I kind of understand the psychology of it. So I've been around it enough. And also just in terms of, you know, the details and the score, you know, the, the score for Cyrano has a lot of color in it, I would say, in terms of string colors and, you know, bringing out kind of less traditional ways of playing. And we worked with the London Contemporary Orchestra, who are friends of mine, who, um, you know, Rob Ames um, conducted it at Abbey Road because of COVID, I couldn't be there. But, you know, this, the, the technology has advanced unbelievably where there's, you know, there's a program called Audio Movers, which is like really high fidelity sound, especially at Abbey Road, they're really wired in to do that. And so it's basically over Zoom and Audio Movers and you monitor what's going on. And to be honest, I was doing it uh, at a beautiful studio here where I had really good listening environment um, uh, here in Southern France. And then, you know, Joe Wright was, was there in London with London Contemporary Orchestra. And, and we did four days in Abbey Road one and two, uh, with full orchestra and then with soloists and, um, and then a couple of days in Iceland as well with Viking Gorolofsson in the studio there. And to be honest, I have to say it was a kind of remarkably smooth and, um, productive session. Would it have been better to be there? Yes. Um, Although I've been through that process at Abbey Road before, and you know the the, the control room is small. Um, we were working with Peter Cobbins and Christy Whaley, who recorded it. They're the same. They're like the you know the the best uh, sound you know you know engineers for film and mixers in the business, really. And I had worked with them on I had worked with them and LCO on the score for the Two Popes for Morellis, so I had that experience already. But it was really great, and to be honest, you know Joe was kind of able Joe Wright was able to be in the room there, and kind of in a way we were very effective because he could say what he needed to say and without hurting anyone's feelings, you know, sometimes you're in the room with someone, it can be a little bit more awkward to kind of navigate that personal stuff, but, you know, not being in the room, it was, you know, he would have an idea and I'd say, okay, go for it. Let's do it. You know, rather than saying, Oh, well, no, let's, let's play what's on the page. You know, mm -hmm. So it was a very productive time. And, um, and, you know, we had a really talented music editors who were there as well. And so it really helped to have such a good team. Yeah, what kind of team was required? Because it sounds like you have such a strong orchestration skill in your toolkit already. But then again, this is such a, a big film, big project. So, Because um, if you take a really famous example, someone like Hans Zimmer, for example, has a, a literal army of people around him for a big film like this. But yeah, what, did you have quite a very big and strong team around you for this? Or? Um, no, actually, I would say that, um, you know, we... So I did all the orchestration myself. Um, wow. Um, we, there's a music editor, editor named David Menke, um, who was, you know, basically uh, my kind of partner on this um, most of the way through. Uh, also John Warhorst, who was kind of the, the lead music editor, but was more involved in the editorial side on the, you know, in the edit with Joe and Valerio Benelli, the editor. So, uh, but David Menke, is this sort of, you know, he's a German um, composer and, you know, music editor who lives in Paris. And so we were together a lot and um, he was an incredible partner on this. And I mean, it's impossible to have done just, just, you know, what was difficult is following all the conforms and all the different cuts. And um, again, you know, when you're dealing with songs where the, the, the vocals were shot live um, and then, and then they're adjusting, you know, uh, 
the cut and picture, you know, by microseconds and just playing with that and then how, you know, how we would adjust score after it was a huge, all those conforms was a huge amount of work, I would say. Joe's also really music specific, you know, where he would want to kind of be really involved in all the, you know, all the arrangement, arranging and demos. And, you know, he would always want to hear exactly how it was going to go. And so, um, you know, eventually David was really involved with programming demos. You know, I would orchestrate and create the score and then he would really, you know, be able to create something pretty close to what it ended up being for Joe to hear. So that was very useful. Yeah, I mean, I just find this so also fascinating because um, like it sort of, for me, ties in with your brother, Aaron, last year working with Taylor Swift. He's such a huge pop star. And this is like, that's not, this is a huge film, of course. So, um, and so, yeah, did, when are these sort of pinch yourself moments for for a band like The National, who often are pigeonholed with terms like left field and alternative? And yeah, but, 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 but they felt unthinkable in the early, very early days of the band. Would you feel? Yeah, I think you know. Um, we've kind of had years of these sort of pinch yourself moments, you know. Even like the first time we headline where Albert Hall or the O2 Arena in London or whatever it was, it's always these things of like, did we ever really think we'd do that? These funny, you know, dark rock songs. No, we never. I don't think anybody plans for that kind of thing. Um, the Taylor thing, you know, she'd been a a fan of the band for years and came to see us play um in brooklyn and um connected with us there you know i think that that makes a lot of sense in a way that partnership and the way that unfolded and you know obviously it's one of the interesting things that came out of covid is that they were able to, to work on the music and i collaborated a lot on that doing all the orchestral arrangements of both yeah. or and evermore and and that was actually kind of simultaneous evermore anyway, it was simultaneous with, with um, Cyrano. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know that um, we ever plan for these kinds of collaborations really, but we're certainly um, kind of built to collaborate. It's like in our blood, having been in a collaborative band for 20 years and just being twins that work together all the time. So, so working on a big film project is sort of, I think the most exciting collaborative space that exists now are on films especially when it's a good movie you know with great mm. great team and it's not it's you know it's not just the actors and the director or, you know it's like that the entire creative team including the music team it's just there's all these wonderful artists to work with you know and just the daily exchanges you have with people and their you know their thoughts on music and all that you know sometimes composing especially you know in the more classical sphere that i do can be pretty isolating so the, the, the contrast of working on a film with literally hundreds of people um, is really quite exciting and fun. Yeah, because it just feels like you mentioned um, Come On, Come On, which I'm so excited to see, by the way, especially for Joaquin Phoenix. But I guess um, you could say that kind of fits the natural aesthetic of the, nas the national being a more indie type film. But yeah, this is, the Cyrano is going to be a huge form of a huge marketing budget. So it's so wonderful to see kind of you and your brother's trajectory of being able to work on such a huge project like that isn't it yeah i think um maybe our our, our weird set of skills um kind of <laughs> combined to you know obviously like the, the revenue was an even bigger film you know and so i kind of was put through the ringer with that uh, as far as really learning how to how to work with a sound stage and the types of details that are needed. And, but then, you know, spending my life basically writing classical music in addition to playing in the band is really, you know, 
suited working on film scores it's it's an interesting uh, it's not something you know for years i was just doing music in the band and then doing more concert music because it felt like those were that was enough um but these film projects have been really fun for sure and it does feel like it's you know suits us to work on them yeah um, i'm very excited for fans of the band of course um the ost includes the new national single um somebody desperate was, was this a song you were releasing anyway and tying into the film release or is this a song that was written specifically with this movie in mind or uh the song was written for the movie it was actually originally we were thinking about it possibly for christian to sing um uh but it ended up making more sense uh as this song for matt to sing that's really the end of it's the last thing you hear um the film ends and then you hear this song and there's a kind of animation that's done with it and um and yeah, it felt beautiful to, you know, all the songs began with demos with Matt singing them. Um, so we have versions like that, but this one really, really is beautiful with his voice. And it felt like um, also the meaning of the song, you know, I'm somebody desperate, I'm somebody just like you. It has this uh, almost like a kind of um, thesis or something for the, for the movie. It kind of encapsulates everything and is a beautiful sort of ending note to, to end on. Yeah, and I don't know how sort of ha- tied your hands are for this question, but is this a standalone single or are we building up to more of a national project looking into next year perhaps? Or? Um, we're definitely working on new music with the national. Um, you know, I don't know when it would come out, but we were pretty far along with, with new music, so we'll see. Um, this would not be on that. You know, it's not, this is sort of specific to the movie, um, this song. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask, um, yeah, how about the sort of engineering side of the scoring the film? I'd love to know if there's any particular bits of gear or software, I don't know, something like Spitfire Audio, perhaps, that really made the process smoother for you. You'd love to give a shout out to in terms of that side of the process of scoring the film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do think I use the Spitfire BBC Symphony Orchestra <coughs> libraries for the, which are just phenomenal um, for sounds. Um, also some of, the, some of the London Contemporary Orchestra, more extended technique stuff, um, more ambient sounds I, th- I find very useful for demoing. Um, you know, the, the, in terms of gear, we, we're lucky we have a, a studio that we built in upstate New York called Long Pond where Aaron was, where, you know, um, some of the percussion and some of our original, you know, guitars and things were recorded. There's this also a studio here in France called LFO, La Fabrique des Ondes, LFO. It's in Saint-Pesar-Nouvelle, and so there's an engineer I work with named David Chalma. Um, and so we did, you know, what's interesting with the score, it has, you know, instruments we're playing ourselves, acoustic guitars, um, you know, this, these interesting rubber bridge guitars, which is kind of a muted sound and almost gives it a mallet, like a mallet, almost like a marimba-like sound. Um, it's for some of the you know, songs like Overcome or... Um, you know, wherever I fall, which is the big feature song in the, in the battle scene at the end. Um, and then there's obviously the sound of the London Contemporary Orchestra with like a real attention to detail in the strings then um, winds, brass, um, a lot of percussion. There's some interesting electronics going on with modular synths um, that people might not know uh, about that, but we have, um, you know, in that song Overcome, for instance, there's a modular synth kind of ghosting the guitars. So down it feels like this beautiful kind of romantic acoustic song, but then there's this sort of electronic pulse behind it, which gives it this more modern sound. So that was the sort of modern Baroque feeling about it is something that we're quite proud of. 
Well, that, that makes me so happy you managed to get Modular Synth into a movie musical. That's that's quite a feat. Yeah. So, <laughs> amazing. Well, Bryce, I think we're all out of time. So, yes, it's the Cyrano soundtrack that releases on the 10th of December. Um, very excited for the single release on, is that the 3rd of December? Is that correct? I think that's right, yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Bryce. So excited to see the film. Very excited for Come On, Come On as well. Definitely want to plug that as well. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, speak to you soon. Hopefully. Thank you, Adam. Cheers, Bryce. Thank you. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.